The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, the power of water and water life science for education throughout the world. We have been with Voice America World Talk Radio and syndicated now for many years. I'm, this is my 12th year. And exciting. We've had some of the most exciting guests throughout the world come on from different countries and around the world and in the United States to get into the subject of what we study. We study and try to discover on, with research dialogue on the show to discuss research like you're eavesdropping in a laboratory on what is happening out there with our health issues, what is happening with water and water wars and the crisis of the water that we're in throughout the world, what is happening with our health issues that they haven't discovered yet. I'm the founder of Biologic Aqua Research Center, and we study the behavior of the water in your body, living with the water of the atmosphere where you live, where where you were born. And your lifestyle, it goes with that. That water in the body per organ, there's a percentage per organ of body water. You're made up of mostly water. It's like the planet Earth. You require a certain percentage of water per person, though. When that baby is born, that baby is brought to the atmosphere to live. And it's that atmosphere of water that keeps you alive. But there's, you must have certain things in your life to slow down the evaporation of birth to your final death, your passing. And that passing on is because you became severely dehydrated. You lost the balance of your water. Now, when that baby is born and comes from that pocket of water at that moment, that miracle, that miracle of nature's miracle, that baby hits the atmosphere and is alive and begins a process at that moment as a baby to live with the atmosphere and what's going on around it. There are no two eyes alike, no two fingerprints alike, no two bloods alike. Everything has a difference. We're all unique. We're evaporating water, though like a sponge on a table that was submerged. And then when that sponge hits the air and begins to live with the atmosphere, it begins to diminish the moisture in the sponge because the sponge begins to dry. It's not being able to keep up with the sponge's evaporation. 
that can happen to the body. We have to be so knowledgeable. We need the education. And that's what this show is all about. All of us to learn. How do we slow down our sponge of our bodies? Okay, we have been teaching. Very common sense. Stay with me on common sense. Number one, you need to learn how to breathe. Breathing is vital. Don't take that for granted for a second. Teach your babies how to breathe. Teach your children how to breathe. Number two, drink adequate water all day long for you. Some of us need to drink 10 to 12 glasses, 8-ounce glasses a day to keep up with over-evaporation. You must learn how your process. Start out the day with two glasses of water. Within an hour and a half, have maybe two more glasses of water. But drink the glasses all at once to be serious. So as you're, listen, you're drinking the water and you're, you're absorbing that water, don't just sip it. Drink it all at once. That's the serious side of providing your body like you would your plant, an absorption to make the decision. Don't try to make decisions for your body all day. Assist your body like you're in the Health Olympics training. The other one is the food you choose to eat for you personally. Be sure that the food you choose to eat personally is good for you. We can cheat once in a while and go out and and maybe get a little carried away with things we know are not quite for us personally. But then learn what makes your body in rhythm. You're living on the planet Earth with the solar system. You need to learn what you need to learn for you personally. Take it personal. It's fun. As you know, we've been calling that the Health Olympics. Have you ever noticed that everybody in the Olympics is training for what's best for them to do well and be in the winner's circle and still be healthy? Watch that. You're in that Health Olympics. You're needing to learn to do moderate exercise. I always use Tom Brady as an example. Tom is very balanced. In fact, I heard somebody on an opposite team recently say, Tom is almost like a quarterback on another team. It's almost like he's on a vacation and he's out there playing. Well, Tom has learned how to pace. Tom, in his private life, paces. He and Giselle, his wife, pace. They've got some new books out there on that. Then, But Tom, on the field, paces with his team. As a quarterback, have you ever noticed the quarterbacks on different football teams, how good the team does with a good quarterback if they listen to that quarterback's rhythm and follow that rhythm? They can win. That's your life, too. You're in the Olympics. You be sure you take care of yourself and make you very important to everything around you. That now that you might think that might be a little self-centered. No, because it affects the whole planet, how you're living, your health. The other one is sleeping. The earth sleeps with the solar system. Learn how to sleep for you. Figure it out. There's pillows to buy. 
and wrap around you some certain things to wrap around you to make sure you can sleep well. If it means a new mattress, if it means some new pillows, more pillows, certain things to make you feel good when you're going to rest, sleep, enjoy that moment of gift of life. The earth is doing it, and it's lasted a long time. Now, today we're going to talk about Children's Day coming. There's something that I have said forever on this show at the end of the show. Children, every child on the planet, you should put their heart in your hand. There is no such thing as an imperfect child anywhere, a little child. They're looking up at parents, people, to follow and to understand, to give them confidence, vision, to dream. To have a safe place to live, prosperous, healthy, and with peace. They don't want to be angry. They want to enjoy. They want to participate, but they want to learn. And they learn from your actions. They learn from you. If you want to be healthy, they'll want to be healthy. If you want to be angry, it'll be environmentally conditioned. We have to learn to give the children what they need. UNICEF has, since 1954, World Children's Day for the world coming every November 20th. On November 20th, this week, is World Children's Day. How oh, unbelievable. I had tears in my eyes over it every time. There, were, there have been... Babies born today, 127 million babies born, about 128 million. This last year, there have been about 121 million babies born on this earth. Looking up at people, I call those people tall people. I don't even know sometimes if I want to call them adults only because they're not showing the example of a child's vision, strength, protection. I'm 77 years old, and my pa- father and my a lot of, and the people wanted to protect their families from the world. I find that our, in the old days, leaders wanted to protect their, their countries to be loyal to their cities, their counties, their states, their country, loyal to the country to protect people for safety reasons and for earning the respect of others around the world to know that if you're being careful, they'll know better than harming a child. A child's life at school is vital. They get to go out and go to school throughout the world. And as they're going to school, they're wanting to learn. They want to be safe. They want to be healthy. They want to be prosperous. Every child wants to be prosperous. 
and they want to be with peace. Enjoy their growth. Enjoy what they want to learn. The wisdom of judgment. The wisdom that you learn as you go. And you might fall down once in a while, but you stand back up and give that child the confidence that we can fall down, but we can always stand up. The one thing I learned to do, thanks to my family, I was able to learn never to give up, ever. I don't give up, ever. Because they gave me the confidence as as a child I'm to be fair at all times with people. Don't think they're all going to think my way, but be fair. Compromise. I was taught that as a child, the importance to vision, to dream, to do things. I wasn't treated like, you girl, there's my brother who is my best friend, you boy. We were treated equally to be respectful. We were treated as a child to care. UNICEF has done a gift to all of us to remind us on November 20th about World Children's Day and what's going on with the value and our goals of our lives every day as we tall people must learn to do is that we must learn to think about what's best for all children, where they live, the loyalty to that child where they live, and make sure they can go to school. And they can have, they don't, it doesn't matter what their income is. Everybody is treated for free sports, free music, going out and thinking about ambition, confidence, respect, judgment, wisdom, and faith in life and the world to come and have their own individuality. That's what World Children's Day, I'm sure, is all about. God bless. Well, today we're going to have a special guest, Norm Mayall, and we're going to go to our sponsor first. And we'll come back. But our sponsor is Nature's Tears Eye Mist. As you know, evaporation of the eye is what causes dry eye. The surface of the eye is 99% water. The eye drops have been causing an overflooding and causing dry eye. So we have to be careful. Don't overapply them. They were invented to trap and seal moisture. They're finding that LASIK eye surgery is causing very serious dry eye. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the only product like it globally, worldwide technology to supplement the eyes with a humidity effect that's safe, easy, all naturally pH balanced, doesn't have to be concocted, all natural. The product has been out there for many years now. For about 18 years, has had no returns. The product Nature's Tears Eye Mist is a, nature's is just a mist. You can use it all day long. If you had cataract surgery, people are complaining about severe dry eye. We're having problems with severe blindness, 
lot of problems with macular degeneration and more. There's nothing like nature's tears I missed, but just a mist. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Norm. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. I want to thank you for being our guest today. Tell us about, well, tell us about, tell us about what you do. Well, Sharon, I, I am a semi-retired person, but uh, my background has been very varied. I started out in higher education at a younger young age, and I moved into uh, finance and business development. Uh, at mm-hmm. one point, my own company, which did business internationally, uh, involved a lot in real estate and uh, hospitality and in business development, a lot of economic development in my background. All right. So then out there in the world of your, all of your experience, uh, how long have you been, how long did you do that before you semi-retired? Oh, well, I, you know, I was in education. Uh, I became a, a, a college administrator, university administrator at age 27. I left it by the time I was in my early 40s, and I began doing work with Merrill Lynch, and then later on assignment with Lehman Brothers for years, and I opened my own company, Cardinal Group International, sometime in the, um, sometime in the mid-80s, I guess, mid to late 80s and then did uh-huh. a lot of foreign direct investment going out of that, primarily in Europe, but also in the USA and some in Asia as well. So I've been doing this okay. for a long, long time. So you've been a founder of which company now? Uh, what's your company's name? Uh, uh, Cardinal Group International. I was a co-founder of it. Uh, Cardinal Group. And, uh, we did, yeah, Cardinal Group International. We were primarily a real estate and development company. We did business um, uh, internationally, and uh, uh, we represented uh, many, many large international companies in their projects and development, uh, as well as private investment groups, 
All right. It's called, I've been a guest speaker all over Manhattan and Wall Street years ago. Um, uh, New York Men's Athletic Club and more, uh, representing a technology in the business world development. Uh, so you're in, you're in uh, an investment world all the time, developing American company technologies and investment, or do you go bra out of the country too? Oh, well, we have, now we have a lot of business internationally, uh, primarily in Europe, and uh, more, more of it uh, centered in Switzerland uh, internationally than anywhere else, but, but also including uh, British companies, French companies, and in Asia as well with, with, the, with groups in Taiwan and in uh, Hong Kong and China. All right. Okay. You made your circle there. <laughs> we, we and you were, started. We were, you started uh, in the. the airline, you started yeah. in the eighties, huh? Uh, in that business, yes. Uh, in in the private business world and development and uh, uh, real estate uh, in the eighties. Although I will say that even as a higher education administrator, uh, what I primarily did in higher in higher ed was in finance and development. So. I was involved which, in which, real estate development. And which new university were you at? Well, I, I was at Penn State, but I was also at uh, a small school that's grown now to become quite significant, uh, Rowan University in southern New Jersey. It's a Carnegie-related or Carnegie-rated research university. When I started working for them, when I was very young. It was a state college. It was just Glasgow State College, but today it's Rowan University. <laughs> I still have a relationship right. with those folks, I'm going to ask you something, and I'm glad Rose got you as a guest today for us. I'm going to ask you something with your background. Um, what did you see, notice during the 80s when the United States um, heads of corporations would go out and start investing in um, a country like China and, and diversify more into China. What, did, what were you thinking then? Did you notice that they're giving, they had to give up a lot of their IP uh, secrets uh, to, to do business in China, even in the 80s? Uh, well, it, was, it, it was a battle, I think, from the, from the beginning with the Chinese. I did uh, business. Some of the associate groups that I work with are, or the well-known brand or uh, uh, legal groups and so forth and so on. And it was a constant battle because uh, the Chinese, particularly, uh, had a different concept back in those days. They become more, uh, more like the rest of the world uh, today. But in the '80s and early '90s, uh, they had very different concepts. A contract that you might agree on on Friday no longer was the uh, uh, operative base for thought by Wednesday, <laughs> the following week. It was very different. Uh, now, did you it, find it, that that was similar? To, did you find that that was similar to the doing business in Japan? Actually, no. The Japanese, uh, uh, the Japanese remember... From the end of the Second World War, the, the, the development of the economy and the education in Japan was very, became very westernized. 
And uh, so their patterns and approach were the same. There were other kinds of difficulties. Uh, I did business, by the way, with several Japanese companies and Japanese banks, as well as Americans doing business with the Japanese. And the biggest complaint, one to the other, typically there was the mobility within the organizations because of the cultural and ethnic differences. That became an interesting point of view from an educational standpoint because both sides, the Japanese recognized that um, participating with uh, U.S. international companies, there was a ceiling that they might reach which is hard for them to go beyond uh, in, in terms of individuals. The same thing was true with Americans doing business with the Japanese. And a lot of that was, uh, a lot of that was just cultural-based. And it was very interesting to see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were, this, they, if it wasn't for American business, the Japan, they were able to take a small country after a disastrous war and eventually develop an economy that became second throughout the world for quite a while. Next to the United States, weren't they? Yeah, well, they had, a, uh, they had, as I say, they had tremendous benefit. Uh, first of all, right. you know, the, the education system in Japan was rebuilt by a well-known uh, U.S. individual by the name of Harold Benjamin, Dr. Benjamin, who, who had been a top educator throughout the United States. And during the occupation era of Japan, uh, he took over redeveloping the schools and developing the education systems in, in, in Japan. Benjamin was very, he spoke several languages, very influential. So they, they had the basis of learning how to do business from uh, an international point of view because the U.S. was more international at that point, even even in the 40s, in the 18, in 1940s, simply because we, we were already doing business with everybody else in the world. But the Japanese also benefited uh, by the fact that um, economically, uh, everything else was supported. Uh, so there, the, the advantage of not having to support uh, a huge military budget, for one, uh, meant that that money could be poured into development of uh, technology and systems to grow their economy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Developed economy. That, that was a build, strength, build that yeah. strength uh, for them. Now, with it, China, in China now, the United States did the same thing. They showed China how to develop an economy way back uh, so, so they could become, they take a huge population of people and develop an econ- economy to potentially everybody could be somewhat satisfied to go to work and build their economy, yeah, well, get confidence in themselves. Now, today what, today, what is going on, do you believe that what happened here in, in uh, China to develop, their, if it wasn't for the United States, they would not have been able to do it. We all know that. They know that, too. Uh, because it's te- technology in the United States has the greatest technology, always has, always will. On the planet. Do you know what some of the things that I've evaluated, because I'm in research every day, uh, about a, a lot. But anyway, do you, I will tell you what I think. I think one of the reasons the United States 
is open to continue to have on the streets of America, out in the hut, out in those universities, but also coming into schools as young as, as middle school in the United States. There's just those kids that have ambition that is not slowing them down for any reason. And we don't have the population to be bumping into each other to cause a distraction. Uh, you know, I used to say, Norm, when I go to Manhattan, and I do business in Manhattan and uh, with what I did, and I did personal appearances in the stores because I had high-end cosmetics with one of my products. I was heavily publicized in the United States, covers and magazines and more. People noticed I came from a tiny town out in nowhere, but I created a technology that was one of a kind in America. Now, how did I do that? Vision, confidence, respect as a child. Um, in our country, these children still had all that ambition, Norm, and they're, they, but they don't have to de- worry about bumping into each other so much. The population isn't huge yet. Uh, where in some countries, it's, it's, can you imagine, I come back from Manhattan and kiss the trees of Oregon, in Grants Pass, Oregon, because I was able to breathe, be spaced, study the way I wanted to. Now, uh, out there in China, which is a wonder, I love China. They were so good to me when I went there. They treated me like royalty but I'm the founder of a technology. Now, what's going on today is startling to the people of China itself with what's going on because now they're looking at what they've had as if it's going to be there no matter what because money will buy it. But they don't realize, I truly believe, that their brilliance in their technology and their futures and, and the, let's say, like a, like a franchise of enjoying other people on the world, joining in with all these countries to join in and build their own individuality economies, kind of like the Olympics and the Super Bowl. You want to compete. You want to compete with that IP value. IP value is by far more than the obvious. It's the secret sauce to the play how Tom Brady plays to win the Super Bowl. Is he going to give up that play to win? And yet they're going to be good sports when they lose too. So the business world out there is open for the economy of the world. To join in, do you think they'd ever want to go to war when the economy is doing well, Norm? Do you think no, they'd want to? Don't. No, no. People are looking at the world in a different um, a, a, a glass house. Right. All of a sudden, they're noticing. Oh my gosh! If my people are happy making money. And they can begin to save and think about the future. And the children are happy, healthy, prosperous, 
and we feel peaceful to be like the Americans have the Super Bowl. Have you ever noticed in the United States, Norm, where the Super Bowl is a big deal? Have you watched that? Very big deal. Sure. Yeah. Not just for making money, but people get a kick out of the, what happened? Get together socially. Have, enjoy it. Eat, even my husband and I enter our late 70s. He's from Holland. I'm all American. Um, He didn't really know football, but he's learned after 56 years of marriage. He's learned. He'll sit and watch the Super Bowl with me. And uh, now he started watching the Oregon Ducks with me. He'll watch the Patriots with me. Um, It's because there's something there. It's therapy. (laughs) As you know, Norm, you probably, do you watch anything like that yourself? Oh, sure. I'm actually, I'm I'm not, at this age, I'm not the same sports nut that I used to be, but I was in athletics uh, all my life. And, uh, uh, now, yeah, how, now okay. Norm, how, how old are you? I'm 79. I'm 70, going to be 78 in January. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's, it's the new 59. <laughs> well, I don't know. All I can say is I'm going to, I'm studying in the research center for for everybody to learn to be as old as they want, if you want to be 180. Josh Groban has a song out there with Jennifer Nettles. He sang at Madison Square Garden called 99. (laughs) I bumped into it by accident when I was getting ready for a friend of mine, my mother's best friend who lived to be 99, and she just passed away, just was doing great but she was 99. Now the rest of the world out there in the business world, uh, back to our what's going on. What is your prediction with what's going on in China? Do you have any predictions? And I'm not going to put you on the carpet on that, but I just, it's kind of fun. That's what this show is all about is we study with scientists, usually on uh, health issues, uh, scientific facts, over-evaporation of water, water wars, water crisis, and, and uh, what is happening with new, dra- new discoveries. What is your thinking with your opinion of what is happening in China? Well, obviously China, number one, of course, has a huge population, which creates an, an immense market, and that's what attracted a lot of the business in the first place and a lot of concessions because they were building not only to a huge market, but also with cheap labor. Uh, there has been significant people in China in the last 10 years that have said that it's the end of cheap China, and it certainly is to a certain extent. But nevertheless, the cheap labor and the huge market is a driver. But I think predicting things going forward, what, uh, you know, what the rest of us in the world have to recognize is that China is a major international uh, power as well. And they're building that base, uh, starting out in, in, uh, in Eurasia and in Asia, obviously, and the relationships they 
built with Russia, for instance, but they are in contest uh, in, in, with everybody in terms of uh, establishing uh, international trade, uh, port ties. One of the big issues, for instance, in, um, that you see from time to time is developments in Africa with the Chinese, because the Chinese are smart to recognize. And you know what, what they do, Sharon, is they're following the American model. The American model was to establish bases around the world and, and elements where they could develop international shipping and commerce mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. and some influence. And the Chinese are doing the same thing. Now, to some people, it looks like the Chinese are becoming too aggressive, but if I were Chinese, <laughs> I would say, no, I'm doing what you did, you know, and so they, and they are having a bigger effect that way, so they're going to be a bigger player. Uh, Norm, Norm, uh, Norm, uh, Norm, we're going to take only one break. Don't you go anywhere. This is a good conversation. Okay, we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with Just a Mist, 100% water, tissue culture grade of water. All naturally pH'd, balanced, does not have to be a concocted, out there for dry eye. Did you know that dry eye is a $100 billion a year growing business? And they've been able to prove it causes blindness. The vision impairment is dry eye. Did you know that LASIK causes dry eye even further? You wouldn't have had to have LASIK if you didn't have dry eye, cataract surgery, and more. Always be aware of your eye drops. The eye drops trap the moisture, but they don't provide moisture loss. There's only one product, Nature's Tears Eye Mist Technology. But just a mist, so simple. Able to, doesn't run the cosmetics. You can humidify with it all day long. There are customers that are using it for tear ducts that don't work, customers that have found it to get around the house that they couldn't get around before because of, of, of eco blindness and more. Sitting at a computer, heads of huge corporations said, oh my God, what it does with the computer. Truck drivers while they're driving a truck. Kids in sports able to do something with just a mist. So safe, so easy. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Norm. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Norm, are you with us? I am. Yeah, I'm still here. Good. You're having a good conversation for the rest of the world to hear you. You know your background is so diversified and uh, came from a time, I'm glad to hear and the audience to hear that you're 79 and you started out in your <laughs> late twenties. You No, no. You started out in your late twenties and you've been able to see things happen. You know, that is IP all by itself. It values to what you're doing out there and what you've learned in the business world that made America become what it did, but you've also got invested in uh, countries and their businesses too. And you saw some development there that would work. That's what the Chinese are doing now. The United States of America got involved in investing all over the world. And they began to, like what you were doing, build economy throughout the world with vision and futures that could benefit everyone ongoing, open-minded, fair, like going to the Super Bowl. Like you said today, the Chinese are only doing what we taught them to do, get diversified, go out and build your economy, not just, yeah, and yes, and, but, when you were we were talking about the different countries, and I always I look at what I do. I'm founder of a product that has no competition out there in the world, worldwide, and where we took it out to test for the first time. 100% water norm, and when I was asked to do it, because I knew the technology for dry eye could be discovered and figured out. Um, I knew what the atmosphere was doing. That's a business, the atmosphere. Why was I a guest speaker at Wall Street way back in different places? Technology of learning that the human body water loss could be another discovery of water. They'd gotten into the water business all over the world. But they also let the planet get in a water crisis. The water crisis is going to make people a lot of money that were rich enough to buy certain water investments that got their first hidden secrets, getting there and investing. So that when the crisis comes, even worse, they'll hold the combination to making a lot of money at the expense of those communities all over the world. When I went out 
I was asked to study what's going on with the word dry, I, which is water loss. The surface is 99% water. So when I got in it, I was the first to put it in the drugstore department, not over in the herbs. Not that I, I have all the confidence in the herbal supplement department, that holistic department, but I knew that if I could get that water understood and respected in the medical field, we could open up a new window of the future of 100% natural and a technology that could be achieving something. It worked because we got thousands of drugstores, thousands of locations, and we got caught up in the recession like everybody else. We were a small research center, but the investment of it all opened my eyes to be able to understand going on long-term with a technology and the futures of, of good investing opened up doors to the rest of the planet for us and for us to study. And what you're doing now with technology and studies through the years is you went out and diversified. And that diversification representing the United States, I'm assuming you're an American citizen. Are you? Yes, I am. You went out representing, like I do, for the United States. And going out and doing this became an excitement to you, your investor group, and to the world because you saw a diversification. The I, now, I want you to, if you, I'm sure you understand intellectual property values, right? Sure. Have you ever read Andrew Sherman's book? He was with the Jones Group, and he wrote the book called Harvesting Intellectual Property Bit. Have you ever read that book? I'm not sure that I have. Uh, I'm, I'm familiar with that entire topic. And actually, uh, particularly with my international uh, uh, foreign direct investment crowds, uh, certainly intellectual property and the management well, I of had it. Him on, yeah, I had, him on, I had him on the show. Because I was so fascinated. I had a brother who was a graduate of Wharton, MBA, right. economist with a conference board, Manhattan, and more. Uh, out there as an executive around the world. We called him Golden Parachute. <laughs> he called himself a Golden Parachute. He wasn't a founder of any technology. But he, he, he knew how to evaluate and the th- thing is, he, he, he taught us, me, IP is not like Andrew Sherman did. It isn't the obvious. It's the hidden secrets norm behind everything you have to keep as your secret sauce. Recently on Bloomberg, I saw somebody interviewed and they said something about secret sauce. And I said, they stole my line. <laughs> <laughs> There's more to it. You got to keep to yourself, like the Super Bowl, your plays, what you're doing. You can give, you know, they can see the obvious, but long term is the secret sauce, right, Norm? 
Yeah, it is. And, and staying, staying in the evolution of things because nothing stays the same. So you always have to be aware You've gotta learn. of that. You've got to learn that rhythm. That flexibility, I was a, they had me on a speakerphone recently with a group of accountants back east to describe, this fellow wanted them to describe, I write business plans differently. I write them with rhythm. I write them with rhythm. Because then you go along and you take that IP value and you develop what you're after, but you don't want to rush the notes. You want to do it with rhythm enough that when you get that note that sounds just right, it goes a direction that you believe will take you to the next knowledge. Because you want long-term business, not short-term. That's IP. They, for some reason, think IP it's just a bet registered trademarks, the patents, trade secrets. That no, it's the, all the hidden secret sauce <laughs> behind what you learn that you're not going to give up. And when I went into uh, Japan, uh, and well, Japan too, but when I went into China, everybody said, "Well, weren't you worried about giving up your IP?" I said, "I didn't do that." Um, I did, they had the obvious, and I was with all government scientists and president of the World Bank of China, but I said, as a guest, but I said, we got into what the future of this would be for China, their economy, their future, because they have a hell out of health issues. That's what they were. We all tell and do I mind franchising that with, with helping them? No, I don't. That's the business of it all. Is sharing. Now, I look at it that way. I don't know how you look at it. But uh, anyway, back to you, you personally. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing today. You said you're semi-retired. Well, yes, I still, um, uh, I have projects that uh, create some excitement with me that I continue to do. And uh, I am doing that uh, currently. There's a small variety of things that I'm doing. Uh, I have some projects that are dealing with some innovative uh, means of developing and financing residential real estate, for instance, because we have a huge problem in this country in terms of housing. Uh, Values have become very difficult for many people to own. And uh, we have a rental situation that is just growing by leaps and bounds. I've had, I've had major, uh, major uh, international investment banking groups that have come to me and looking for, uh, for instance, uh, rental complexes that they want to acquire, and they offer outstanding terms to acquire them, and they can't find mm-hmm. anybody that wants to sell. <laughs> and of course, on the other hand. Uh, you have people who want to buy, and they can't find anything else to buy either. So a project that I, I like that I'm working with right now with a, uh, a woman who's a, uh, an architect, and uh, she has success and has been developing some interesting technologies for creating housing that's 
uh, attractive and usable and less expensive just because of the systems and way it's built. And on the other hand, uh, uh, developing financing that uh, follows the entire track of building and also to the turning around the long-term financing and turning the project actually into an investment grade uh, that can be an asset that can be traded off to the the major investors. So you look for the end from the beginning. And... uh, so yeah, you want a long term. You want a long term investment return uh, going, uh, well, not short. Now we only have a minute left. So is that what you're yeah. learning? Is the, one of the best investments right now is getting better housing in the United States because they're so short of rentals. Number well, one, we know that um, people yeah. looking for a house, yeah. but we can't complain about the interest <laughs> rates. I think they're going to be lowered again. Don't you? Uh, the interest rates are—they they may be lowered again, but and they're certainly low now, and they're going to stay low. As I, at the end, I think the the the, uh, in, the the interesting thing to me is developing a system that takes you all the way to the end. I don't care right. about owning the property forever. I just want to know that the product is structured in a way, in terms of development and in terms of financing. Financing is always the key. Because there's plenty of money out there to invest in these things, but they, you have to build what you're doing to fit the investment profile. So if you we're guessing we're out of time. Kidding, we're out of time. Okay. Darn it. I, we could have gone okay. on, you and I. I could have bent your ears here. Yeah. No, it's fun. Okay, well, uh, thank you I, for joining uh, us. Sure, thank you. And we'll talk again. Thank you for joining us. You be safe and let's do it again. Okay, God bless. All right. Thank you have you, a nice Sharon. day. Right. Be well. Thank you for coming on today. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.